Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the Pipeline Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with MLB Pipelines, Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis. The top 100 prospect list has been put to bed, but now they're working hard on the top 30 club list. So every team will have their top 30 list. Those will be starting to come out in the next couple of weeks. So they managed to pull them away from the phone calls for those things to uh, to tune in here and, and be part of this podcast. So thank you guys for hashing out 20, 30 minutes for me here on the podcast this week. Of course. All right, we're going to do a couple things on this podcast. Uh, we're going to do a serpentine draft because when in doubt, Jim Callis likes to recommend a serpentine draft. We're going to do non-top 100 guys, so kind of the next tier, guys on the way up or guys that just missed the top 100. Um, it's going to be a draft back and forth between these guys to fill out a roster. Before we get to that, though, spring training is pretty much upon us as pitchers and catchers are reporting in about a week from today. Hard to believe considering all the free agents who are still out there as well. But we're going to start by picking who we are most excited to see perform in big league camp at spring training as far as prospects go. Um, And I will start with Jonathan Mayo. Jonathan, who are you most excited to see? Oh, man, I thought I'd have a little more time. Boy, there are so many good choices. Um, I think that I, I want to pick someone who's going to compete for a job. I mean, there's going to be some exciting guys you're going to get to see for the, for the first time. So I, uh, you know what, I want to see what Peter Alonzo does, uh, because there's a, so much pressure, uh, for the Mets to call him up. Uh, new management has said they're not opposed to have him up to, to start the year. Um, there's the whole super two extra year of control thing to consider. They have some other pieces, uh, who play first base. Uh, but if he goes out and, you know, does what he did all of last year, really the year before that, uh, what he did in the futures game, what he did in the fall league, uh, he's going to make it very, very hard, especially from a public perception standpoint for him to not start the year at first base in uh, the Mets opening day lineup. So I want to see if he uh, just goes off in spring training and hits a bunch of homers and, and forces uh, the Mets, the Mets hand to make sure he's on the opening day roster. It is interesting. And I was talking to Anthony Decomo um, on the Mets podcast, and he was saying how they've, they've said they're, they would love to bring him North with them from spring training. And I joked, well, you can go North and go straight to Syracuse 
for a couple of weeks with the Mets as well. Um, but it is interesting because I, I feel like there's so much to figure out as far as first base for the Mets that could actually hurt him because the Mets may want to take some extra time to see who they have and all the other first basemen because there's so many guys in that mix. Jim, do you agree with that? I do. And, and hey, why not delay his service time and delay his free agency another year? I mean, you never see that in Major League Baseball. So, yeah, I, 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 I kind of looked at this the same way as Jonathan. You know, th- that's what I'm interested in. The guys you figure aren't going to make the team or, or it's, the odds are stacked against them a little bit, but they're talented. And, and I really do believe that Alonzo – if it were me, I mean, you'd have to go earn the job and they, you can, they have so many infielders, you can play in so many different combinations, but why not wait, see what he could do. I mean, Peter Alonzo, if it all goes well, might hit 30 home runs as a rookie this year. He, he's got that kind of power and I would give him the shot. And when I kind of looked at this question the same way, I, I was tempted to say Forrest Whitley because I just, I mean, Jonathan and I saw him in the, in the fall league multiple occasions and the stuff was crazy um, and he's very mature for his age, but you know, given that he didn't pitch a lot last year, I can't really see the Astros saying, Hey, you're in our rotation. Although I, I'd be curious to see if he's interested. The guy who I'm interested, I guess I'll go up to almost the very top of our list is Fernando Tatis Jr. with the Padres. He was in big league camp last year and looked good. <laughs> like at age, I guess, what was he? Barely 19. You knew he wasn't going to make the team last year. Uh, even though he'd been in double at 18 at the end of the year, but he didn't look out of place at all. Uh, he, he, you would have thought, okay, this guy's ready for the big leagues based on, you know, on what you saw at times during spring training. And again, I mean, you know, he only played 88 games last year because he fractured a thumb on a head first slide. He hasn't played in triple a, all that said, I, I do think uh, I say this all the time about the, the teams that have the great farm systems. A lot of times they'll surprise you and contend a little sooner than expected. And you know there isn't a lot of depth in the National League West behind the Dodgers. I could see Fernando Tatis Jr. making a push to make the Padres. Can either of you, without looking, name their projected starter at third base right now? Um, I think there's a reason that they are suddenly into the Manny Machado sweepstakes, and that is because, no, I can't name who their third baseman will be. You want to take a crack at it, Jonathan? Who's number one on our third base depth chart at MLB.com for the Padres? Um, you know, I, I was I was really going to try to come up with like some like old Padres third baseman, but even that I'm drawing a – I'm 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 drawing uh, I'm drawing Chase, so yeah I got Chase Headley I got nothing Chase Headley there you go there you go yeah you can't go Ken Caminiti that would be uh, well see a, I know that's I knew, a, that was the first that was the first one I thought of anyway it is I knew for, that was inappropriate and I didn't yes. say it so well that's you. why I was I was saying you can say it but anyway it's Ty France Ty France is your projected starter at third base for the Padres now Tatis is a legit short but I'm just saying with with you know you could move guys around you could put Luis Luis Urias at third perhaps if you want to keep Tatis short so you know let's say you know, now they may go out and sign Machado and Tatis still was I, I still think Tatis could be their best shortstop right now I actually I'll go on record as saying that but if they go out and sign Machado maybe that even enhances his chances of making the team because then you're you're kind of in it more for this year so to me it's Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, I was really disappointed I really think Jonathan I know we were spoiled with, with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Forrest Whitley best hitter and pitcher prospect wise at baseball last year in the fall league I really think we would have gotten Fernando Tatis Jr. too if he hadn't broken his thumb yeah, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. And uh, I mean, at, coming off of the winter ball that he had too, he's like he 
he's always carried himself like a big leaguer. And that's what you were kind of referring to in big league camp last year, where he just looked, uh, you know, looked the part um, and not in an overly cocky way, just I belong here. Uh, that's going to be even more the, the case. And uh, as long as he doesn't go out and try to like to do too much, uh, not I'm just talking about spring training in general, he's going to be up at, at some point this year. All right, and I am going to go with a team that doesn't necessarily have any excitement around them. So this guy may get even more attention, and that is Victor Victor Mesa, outfielder with the Miami Marlins. He's their number one prospect, um, signed as an international player out of Cuba, obviously, last year, uh, but has not gotten into any real game action as far as professional level here. So I think the, the unknown and the fact that while we've seen him play a little bit in the World Baseball Classic, we haven't really seen him do it consistently. So I think just the excitement level on the Marlins figuring out what they have in this guy that they went out and, and spent the money on. And they had targeted him early and they, they got it done with him and his brother. And to be able to see, I don't think he can make the team either just because they're in such a rebuild mode. But Victor Victor Mesa, um, just because of the tools and everything, I think he's going to be really exciting to watch this spring. I like that one. Yeah, All right. It's a good one. All right, good. I'm glad I didn't disappoint you guys. All right, Serpentine Yo. draft time. Um, I'm flipping. I'm flipping a coin, and it is coming up with Jim. I have a coin that says Jim. Was that, was that, a, was that a, a coin yeah. sound effect that you just played? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll I like that. that. In. Uh, okay. Jim has the first pick. So it's Jim, then Jonathan, two, three, and then back to Jim, four. Now, there's there's a lot of things you can do here. The, the board is wide open, so you can fill uh, positions that have less guys available. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much effort has been put into the prep work. But, Jim, go ahead, non-top 100 prospects, fill out your roster. And, and I'm, I, I was trying to put in prep work during your, your coin flip there. I was envisioning like a big like Super Bowl-esque coin with like my head on one side and, and Jonathan's on the other. That's what it is. And like, yeah. I, I don't know if you'd like bring out, but you need to, you would need to bring out like a retired MLB pipeline great. And I don't even know who that would be. Uh, Bernie Pleskoff to flip the coin. I'd be there on the field, uh, perhaps. So um, I'm stalling, obviously, here. But, yes, there's been very little preparation, even for me, who loves to over-prepare for these types of drafts. Um, so that said, I, I, there are a couple – the guy who I want to take number one is at a position where there are two very good choices, so I'm not taking him, and it's, it's throwing me off a little bit. I am going I'm, – I'm just rolling the dice here. You know what? I, I'm going to have fun with this. I'm going to take Christian Robinson of the Diamondbacks. Christian what? Robinson. Yes. Wow. wow going, going upside. Well, I'm just going to go with an all fun upside team. Christian Robinson. All right. That is, no, I like that pick. Um, I, 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 uh, I was kind of trying to shush Tim cause I, I didn't want him to give away my position scarcity, uh, strategery. <laughs> um, but I think that what I'm going to do is, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Vidal Brujan of the Tampa Rays. Uh, the more I hear about him, the more he's one of those, like, we probably should have had him on the top 100. Had a huge year uh, in uh, making it to full season ball last year. ton of speed, still, still 55 bases. So he is going to be my second baseman and leadoff hitter. All right. You get the third pick as well, Jonathan. No pressure to come up with another one right away. Sweet. No, that's right. I'm sticking with uh, position scarcity, and I'm going to go with Evan White, uh, first baseman from the Mariners, another guy who just narrowly missed our, our top 100. Had a, a very nice year uh, 
hits for average on base. I think there's more power to come and, and uh, is one of the best defensive first base prospects we've uh, we've ever seen. So uh, I now have the right side of my infield intact. Well, it is interesting too. Another besides the position scarcity, you have guys who maybe just missed the top 100 versus guys that have the huge upside that Jim's talking about. So I like the the different approaches here. Jim, you're up with picks four and five. Now, as you say, the interesting thing is, Bruhan was the guy I wanted to take number one, but I actually like another second baseman, and I also have I like Evan White, but there's another first baseman I like. So even though I probably would have picked those guys if I had all my picks first. I, I'm, I'm very happy Jonathan went that direction because now I know who my last two picks will be. Um, so thank you, Jonathan, for uh, – like, it was weird that you, you targeted position scarcity, and I thought there was position depth there. So I don't know what to, I don't know what that says about us except for – Well, there were guys that I – there were guys that I really liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. I, I'll give you that. Those are two guys I really like a lot too. Um, I will just – you know what? We're, we're just going to have fun with this. I'm not going to overthink my picks. Give me, give me Daniel Lynch – of the, of the Kansas city Royals left-handed pitcher third of their three first round picks who is not a consensus first rounder, but his stuff just really ticked up. And I will just, like I said, I'm just, I I have not prepared as as I normally would. I'm just going to take guys who jump out at me. I will take Daniel Lynch. Oh, and I get two picks, right? You do. Um, let's just continue to have fun. And, um, I will go, Dalton Varsho of the Diamondbacks. Oh, I like that. Filling up on Diamondbacks prospects. Yeah, I guess I am. He doesn't even he doesn't even do the the Diamondbacks list. Um, okay. Uh, I, I like the upside game. I I, I don't want to you know rule that out entirely. Um, so I'm going to first take uh, Khalil Lee of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, 2020 potential if it all comes together for him and then I think I'm going to take uh boy where do I want to go with uh with this second pick I'm gonna go I'm gonna go catcher also I'm gonna go with William Contreras Wilson uh Wilson's brother uh who is in the brave system and has a chance to be a dynamic everyday uh backstop in time there are a lot of attractive shortstops, but I will go Xavier. I will go Xavier Edwards of the Padres, a guy, a guy supplemental first round pick last year. Um, you know, just talented guy. He can run. He can play defense. I think he's going to hit. Um, really like him. Thought he probably should have gone a little bit higher in the draft. So I'll take him. Uh, let's see. I have I got outfield spots open here as I, I, I look around here. I'm gonna. Hmm. How do I want to do this? I will uh, – I should probably pick a third baseman here, right? Um, you know what? Give me Jordan Groshans. I'm putting Jordan Groshans, another guy. He, he was 13th overall pick, um, played third and short. I think he's going to fit at third. And I will say, Jonathan, he he frustrated me last year with the draft because I do Texas. He was a guy I liked better than the consensus. And I remember when we, we get a lot of feedback from scouting directors and, sc- and cross-checkers. So when we did like our, our last list or we were updating the last list, I had him up near 20 or 21, if you remember. I, I thought he was one of the better all-around hitters in the high school class. And while I didn't think he was going to stick it short, I think he's, he's pretty athletic for a third baseman. And 
we got like you know vehement feedback. No, that's way too high. That's way too high. And he went 13th overall and, and had a strong debut. So I I am taking Jordan Groshans and putting him at third base. Back over to Jonathan, who still has third base, shortstop, a uh, couple outfield spots, and your pitcher still to take. Right. So I can I can wait on third base and shortstop, although I don't know why I would uh, want to do that. I think for my starting pitcher, I'm going to go with the guy that we probably got more feedback of why isn't this guy on the top 100, and that's uh, Tony Santion of the of the Reds. Uh, you know, was a Big-bodied, strong-armed high school draft out of uh, out of Texas, and has really uh, he made a very nice step forward last year in terms of becoming a more all-around pitcher. I do think he is going to start long-term, so I'm happy to to have him uh, on my uh, as my as my starting pitcher. And then I think I think I'll go uh, third base, and I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Elihuris Montero uh, of the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, he, he, he's really interesting to me. Uh, he was a guy who made a huge jump, uh, up the, uh, the Cardinals top 30. He wasn't even ranked last year and then went on and had uh, a huge year in the, in the Midwest league and got promoted up to the Florida state league. Uh, I think he's going to hit for average in power when all said and done, and he's only 20 years old. So, uh, those are my two picks. Okay, well, I should go two outfielders here since you already have a first baseman, second baseman. Yeah, you should. I should. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to take Luis Alexander Basabe. He of the home run off the 102 mile an hour, Hunter Green fastball in the Futures game. I, you know, there's still some development to be done there. I still think you have a potential 2020 center fielder there. Um, I do our White Sox list. Trying to sort through their their 8,000 outfielders is uh, not the easiest thing. I, I think I might have six outfielders in our top 10 on the White Sox when all of a sudden done, said and done. So I will take Luis Alexander Basabe. And I'm looking for a good upside pick here. Uh, yeah, I could take Kyle, Kyler Murray and then keep him for our fantasy football draft. Um you know, let's go super crazy upside here. Super crazy. You know what? Nah. You know what? I'm going to go. So we'll go. So I'll go Everson Pereira of the Yankees. Uh, I'm building my team for down the road. Everson Pereira of the Yankees. Very polished potential, uh, you know, five-tool center fielder for the Yankees. Uh, I'll take Everson Pereira. So I'll, 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 I've got three really athletic outfielders who can, who can beat you in a lot of ways. Okay. So that leaves me with a uh, uh, shortstop and an outfielder. Uh, do I have that right? Official scorekeeper. Two, out, two outfielders. Yeah, so yeah. You, you, you get, you'll pick twice. Oh. I'll pick twice and then you get one more pick, but I, I need a first baseman and a second baseman. Right. So there's, we're not, competing. there's no maneuvering here. Right. Yes. All right. So I'm going to take, um, Ronnie Mauricio as my shortstop, the uh, Mets shortstop uh, signed for 2.1 million back in 2017. Uh, the Mets have been very good at uh, aggressively pushing uh, young shortstops with with some success. I uh, finished the finished the year in the Appalachian League. Uh, I think he has a, a chance to to hit and defend at the same time, and I can see him jumping onto the top 100 in short order. And then I think for one of my outfielders, hmm, 
You know what? I'm gonna take I'm gonna take uh, friend Monty Harrison, uh, both for his uh, potential uh, five tool potential and and eighty personality. And if we have a slam dunk contest, yeah, he probably wins. Yes. Blue guy yeah. in the clubhouse, absolutely well. right. Bring, bring this team together. Yes. Okay, my final two picks. Um, yeah, there's actually a bunch of interesting first basemen. I, I will take Nick Prado of the Royals. Had a big second half. Helped fuel my uh, prospect fantasy team to a win in the MLB Pipeline competition. So the tip of the hat to Nick Prado there. And then at second base, you know, I'm doing our, our Indians list for the first time this year. And they have an unbelievable amount of, I think they might have the best, like, amount of talent, group of talent that hasn't appeared in full season ball yet. I might have, I might have 12 or 13 guys on my top 30, Jonathan, who were teenagers last year. And, and I'm going to take Tyler Freeman, who, who played both middle infield spots, won the New York Penn League batting title, very advanced hitter. Uh, I'm going to take Tyler Freeman and put him at second base. Um, I think this is a guy we're going to hear a lot about going forward. The final pick goes to Jonathan. Um, you know, it's interesting. We have three Royals. Uh, so good, good news for them as they try to uh, to rebuild their farm system. And I'm doing the Royals uh, top 30 for the first time. But uh, for my final outfield spot, I am going to take Brandon Marsh uh, of the Angels. Uh, you know, the, the Angels have taken a nice step forward with their farm system uh, to the point where I think they're a, a top half farm system and they've done it by uh, really aggressively going after kind of high end toolsy talent. Joe Adele is kind of the, 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 the poster guy for that effort with the success that he's had. Uh, but Brandon Marsh ha- has been, has been a solid player. Uh, and, you know, it's a, kind of a, a half step behind, had some injuries coming out of the draft. Uh, but this is a guy who was a football player in high school and managed to uh, perform his way out of the Midwest League in his first taste of full season ball last year up to the California League. There's stuff he needs to work on, obviously, but he is uh, one of these guys that has all the tools. And even last year with some work to be done on plate discipline, things like that, he had double digits, home runs and stolen bases. Yeah, I thought that was going to be a lead-in when you were talking about the Royal. I thought you were going to go a little Sully Matias for us there. I thought I thought about Sully Matias. Uh, the guy had 31 homers in like 12 games, um, but I'm exaggerating slightly. But the, the as we've been talking about our various lists, the swing the swing and miss there does worry me a little bit. And I uh, Marsh has a tremendous ceiling, but I think is a slightly based on a very small track record, uh, safer bet to actually uh, be you know what we think he can be. Yeah, other than the Royals guys, pretty spread out team. A couple of guys from the Arizona system, but but then it's all over the map as far as these prospects. So good job by you guys to do that. Let's go through the rosters real quick. Jim's team, Dalton Varsho behind the plate. Around the infield, it's Nick Prado at first, Tyler Freeman at second, Jordan Groshans at third, and Xavier Edwards at shortstop. And his outfield is Christian Robinson, Luis Alejandro Basabe, and Everson Pereira. And the pitcher, lefty, Daniel Lynch. Jonathan, you have William Contreras behind the plate. Evan White at first. Vidal Brujan at second. Isla Harris Montero at third. And Ronnie Mauricio at shortstop. The outfield is Khalil Lee, Monty Harrison, and Brandon Marsh. And Tony Santian 
is your right-handed pitcher there for the Reds. So what do you guys think? You like these teams going head-to-head yet? Hey, Tim. Uh, Tim well, Tim, I, I have – Tim, you, you got your Basabis backwards. I did not take Luis Alejandro. I took Luis Alexander. So don't don't be giving me the Diamondbacks infielders playing center field. I want I want my 2020 Chicago five-tool center fielder. So don't don't be switching Basabis on me. Come on. I did. I did write White Sox. I just put the wrong middle name. Yeah, I just want to make sure make sure I have the right Basabe, but that's fine. But no, that was fun. That was fun. Now we'll do round two, right? Second team. Let's go. Well, you got to fill out the rest of the rotations and the bullpens, and then we'll uh, call that. No, just kidding. We kid, we kid. All right, that's gonna do it. I like the rosters, guys. Who wins head to head? What do you think? You you both like your teams. I think Jonathan is, is more advanced in mine. He is he's he's ready to win now. It's, but I, I like this is a good group of guys. It, it's exciting, and there's no way to tell who who can win because, uh, especially because Jim took so many guys who are so far away. Some of them may not even you know play full season ball. Uh, so uh, it, it's going to be it, it should be it should be exciting. We need to get Andrew Simon to run some projections for us as to how our teams will look in the year 2029. I was going to say on the on our podcast in 2029, we'll uh, we'll look back on this one and see how you guys did. All right, good stuff. That's going to do it for this edition of the Pipeline Podcast for Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis. I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.